0: and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show.
1: All right. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, we're going to be talking about leadership, something about leadership and the idea of leadership really is something you have to work for, something that you have to earn. It's not just something given to you or bestowed upon you. It's something you're going to work your tail off in order to really get that position, you know, have it legitimately, confidently, and have the people that you lead support you enthusiastically. So how does that work exactly? We'll we'll talk about that today. This is Michael and Rich with uh, Mean Line Executive Coaching, ACT. That's what we're going to be doing here today. ACT, act. We've got to act. That's what the leaders do. They instigate action from within themselves spread out to the people that they're working with in their organizations, get everybody in gear, get them on track, get them so that they get the stuff done and hopefully doing it in a great culture. And that's what the other part of that is, ACT and cultural transformation. That's what we're doing here today. So Rich, here we go. Leadership, it's not something that's just given to you, it's something that you better work your tail off and earn every single day. Yep. That. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I, I I think it has to be earned before then. You know, here's the one thing I see nowadays. Um, I see everybody having a title. For whatever reason, we need to have that title behind our, our name in order for us to have some kind of social status. Or thinking that title is just going to get us to that next level and it's going to get us all these material things that maybe we see someone else who has that title that has. And I see a lot of shortcuts today being taken, and I see a lot of titles being given uh, to yourself, uh, essentially. Um, I'm going to give you an an example here, real quick. Um, I I consider myself a musician. You know, I was have been involved in music ever since I was a small boy, eight years old. you know, my mother was very musical and she really, uh, you know, wanted me to be part of this. So started playing piano, you know, the typical piano lessons and things like that. Started me in singing lessons. And, you know, by the time I was 14 years old, I, I had sung, I sang on two, two different uh, albums with the, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I was invited to do that uh, when I was 14 and, and 15 years old. And continued on down the road, learning, you know, to play piano, guitar, all those sort of things. And I really, even though I was learning how to do these things and actually becoming, you know, quite good at it, I never considered myself a musician until I actually stepped on a stage and was able to perform that. And not even that first time. There were times it it took a while to truly understand what it meant to making music. Now, uh, right after that, I ended up in Nashville, ended up in the recording studios in Nashville. And it was there working with some of these people there that really would take you aside and say, listen, you know, don't do it that way. Do it this way. Listen for this. Don't don't listen for that. Because if you listen, if you're not listening for this, you're going to miss that. Well, since that time, I've played on thousands of stages. I've—I I don't even know how many times I've played. Honestly, I couldn't count them. But here's the thing: I've, I've played any, anywhere from private parties with just a few people to over ten thousand in the in the crowd with various different different people, some very well-known um, acts. But back to what i'm saying you know i did not consider myself a musician until i was really at a point where i could perform and really emphasize and and be a part of that group now here's the thing there's there's a lot of opportunity out there that if you take shortcuts to getting to anywhere if i had ever taken a shortcut to becoming you know, musician. Now, once I got into that, was on the road and found out that really wasn't. I did. I didn't like the road life. I didn't like doing that. Switch gears, and even till today, I'm still involved in music, but not to the extent that I was doing. You know, I was living on the road. I was gone all the time. Really, not something that I found out that I liked. You know, so I switched gears and you know went back to school. And became, you know, back into manufacturing and operational management and then into executive roles. But had I taken any any shortcuts to any of these places, there were opportunities that I would have missed. I would have missed out on learning particular things that were so important, so important to becoming that person. Now, it's the same thing with leadership. OK, you know, there's 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 actually a quote from Thomas Edison. It's, it's, it says, opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. It's it's I got to tell you, it's difficult to obtain those goals. If it was easy, it wouldn't be worth it. If it was easy, it wouldn't be something that we really felt that we truly place that title behind our last name. Um and I see a lot of that nowadays, and I see a lot of people really s- missing the opportunity to get there. And so, you know, I, I want to ask you that, that same question, Michael. You've been around you know, coaching for three decades plus. You've coached, you've worked with a lot of leaders, a lot of upcoming leaders, a lot of emerging leaders, and even very seasoned leaders at the sea level. How did they get there? What did you see was the common denominator
1: with people reaching that level? There's a interesting, um, maybe a little axiom or saying that we used to used to be in our culture. It's not there anymore. You, If you want something, you have to pay for it. And we don't work, work for it. that anymore. Well, you work for it, pay for it. And by pay for it, I don't mean, you know, get your wallet out and or write a check. It means you pay for it. You work for it. You know, blood, sweat and tears kind of stuff. Any, you can have anything you want so long as you go and you work for it. Again, we don't believe it. We believe in being bestowed or given to us or all sorts of other things. So I want to make it and I'm going I'll, to I'll, I'll get to answering your question here. I want to make a difference, a distinction between two words that we often confuse, thinking that they mean the same thing. And the word is pragmatism. The other word is practical. They sound pretty much the same, don't they? Yeah. Very, 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 very different. Pragmatism goes back to the 1900s. It's part of a philosophy that came out at that point in time. Pragmatism essentially says this. Do whatever it takes to get the results that you want. And that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. Except that's the way the Gambinos worked. All criminals work that way. Manipulators, liars, deceivers, con men. Do whatever it takes. Get what you want. That's pragmatism. It's devoid of morals. It's devoid of, of what's legal. It's devoid of what's right. It's devoid of, what is, uh, of, of anything that has anything to do with morality. Because none of that exists because you just do whatever it is. It's just the expediency of, of what it is. Now compare that to the word practical. Practical in itself has within it the word practice What you're talking about. Practice. You have If you want to earn something or if you want to obtain something, you have to be practical by practicing it again and again and again and again over a period of time until you have paid for it, until you have earned it. I think these days we have a lot both in industries and you know businesses and in government, leaders that are much more about being pragmatic, doing whatever it takes, ends justifies the means, it doesn't care, they don't care who it hurts, who it steps on, what it costs, so long as they get what it is that they want because they feel entitled. It's yeah, very-
0: we could unpack that for days.
1: We could, we could. And so getting back to this, let me share a story with you. Run into a uh, young man years ago, uh, you know, just a young guy, you know, in his early 20s, um, bright, uh, good looking you know, all that yogi stuff, you know, you know, get, you know, just got it. Go get it. All that, that energy stuff. Right. And he wanted to get in this industry. And so I just started to ask him, well, tell me a little bit about your background, where you came from. And he'd been involved in every years, you know, in high school sports and all that kind of stuff. And he was really good. Uh, at a particular sport. He was really good at football. And he just kind of had that kind of a bit of cockiness about him. That was cool. I liked the cockiness. I liked the confidence. I liked the willingness to take it out there and make things happen. And then I noticed that he said, Yeah, I was doing it. Then I just kind of left it because I wanted to go do something else. And I thought, Well, I wonder what was really behind that decision. I was really behind. It was it getting too hard? It was he really asking too much of him? Too much sacrifice? Too much of having to pay? But, but it may have been just, I was, I, you know, may have gone down a different direction. The point of it was that as I asked him more and more questions, just to get him to self-reflect and to be self-aware. I'm going to tell you this, just so that you know. I could have asked a lot of leaders in high positions, the same kind of penetrating, simple, but penetrating questions, and they would have responded very similarly to him. I Can,
0: what is what is that?
1: What's your, What, what it, it is? What it is is there is an assumption that I know. But the fact of the matter is, they really don't. Right, because if you know, it's like this. Real quickly here, if you are an addict of anything, ever been addicted seriously? deeply addicted about something, and you've struggled with it, and you've done everything you can to get out of it, to get beyond it, interesting thing, when you make that decision that you're really done, and you're finished with it, you will know the day, you will know the time, you will know the place, you will know the moment, because at that point in time, you are absolutely taking control of your life, and turning it around, doesn't mean you got all solved, all figured out, but that's a pivotal moment in your life. Same thing is true with leadership when you decide to become a leader, a serious leader, you'll be able to say, this is the moment I decided. And at that, at that moment, if you were serious and intent about it, everything starts to change. The way you think, the way you behave, the people that you interact with, the information that you go on and get, the disciplines, again, the practice of it, everything starts to change because that's what you've really decided to do. So the point here is this, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to give up the pretense that you, you think that you are, or that you have these qualities. If you can't explain it in detail, how you did it, how you got there, how you earned it.
0: Maybe but you'll you, know when, you'll know it when you're there. Well, maybe if you're looking
1: back and you're reflecting on it, maybe you really aren't that leader that you thought you were. Maybe it's a, a put on, a pretense. Maybe it, And that's why you're struggling. And that's okay. That's yeah. okay because that can be a moment of honesty of saying, you know, I got to get real with myself. I need to get some help, and that's where coaching can come in. Our, yeah. exec, our executive coaching, it will help you get to the real of who you are. One last thing, and we'll I'll turn it over to you and then we'll wrap it up here. There's a saying in art. It's a it's a great saying, and you and, and you'll appreciate that as a musician. It goes, and I'll put it in terms of you, okay, as yeah. as, as a as a musician. Love the music in you. Not that you are in music. Those are totally different things. When you connect with the music, yeah. rather than look at me, I'm in music. I'm on stage. Woohoo! It's a totally different process. I'll just change that a little bit. Love the leadership in you. Love the gifts that you have to bring forth as a leader. Whatever, the, whatever they are, whatever that matrix of leadership skills and talents and all that stuff. Yeah. Love that. Rather than you being in a leadership position night and day. Right. Completely different. You know, that, that's very
0: interesting. There's, you know, I have worked with, with some folks and one of the things that was always said that if you're on stage and you're playing for somebody, no matter how many people are out there, if you can make one person smile and forget their day, you've done your job. And I think the same thing goes for leadership if you can truly be a leader and have those people see you and follow you to that next level, then you've done your job. Then you, then you, then you've made it, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask a question here too, because, you know, and I, I'm going back to the stage, but this applies to anything. If this applies to high performing teams anywhere, a, a team implies that you're working with a group of individuals, correct? Okay. So, What type of individuals are you going to want on that high performing team? Do you want someone that is giving themselves essentially that title, taking those shortcuts, got there and might have read, might know the basics, but not the real nuances of what they're doing? Or do you want someone that's really paid their dues, taking their time that you can count on 100 percent? to be part of that high performing team because everybody on that team is going to have a different job to do, but it all comes down to the end. It's just like playing music. Everybody has to start at the same time. Everybody has to end the same time, but it's what happens between that start and that end. That's important. Everybody's going to have their different job. Everybody's going to have a different part to play. And if, you know, I guess if someone drops the ball, everybody drops the ball. But if everybody's on the same page and really working towards that vision, that goal, that's when things click. That's when things become those high-performing teams. That's when culture kicks in. That's where you start to develop these teams that make your organization successful, make everybody successful. And, you know, I think there's some, there's uh, you know, really to sum some of this up, you know, re- leadership and, and regardless of the label has to be earned. It has to be earned. It has to be earned. You gotta pay your dues to get there. Uh, your behavior matters. It doesn't matter what rank you are, what role you play or what title you have. Your behavior matters. Now, here's the thing is there's so much skill out there, Michael, skill's not the problem. Talent's not the problem. We can find thousands, hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people coming out of school, coming out, you know, with all this great skill and talent and everything else, the thing that's truly missing is heart. It's it's really is heart. Do you have the the, the heart? Do you have the guts? Do you have the courage? Do you have the everything it's going to take to drive to that next level? Or you do want to just, you know, jump off the the cliff and land in the water. And there you go. You've you've taken that shortcut instead of climbing down or, you know, climbing up to where you need to be. Uh, I think the other thing too, is trust. You've got to earn trust. That takes time. You've got to earn trust. Uh, there's no shortcut to trust. It it, it takes time. It takes working there. Um, service. Here's the thing. Um, you know, we tell, we talk about this riches format that we do, Michael, with with some of the people we do job coaching with, and that S is about service. You know, service hours. What kind of service have you performed for others? Because I'll tell you, when you truly perform service for others, that's what a true leader is: serving others, making sure those around you have that ability. You know, to to get to where you are to you really in in, in a sense you want to be so good with the people around you that they're going to take your place they're going to take your place someday you want legacy leaders coming behind you you don't want someone that's going to earn you know get on for a couple years and move on to that next you know the bigger better thing you know they're always looking for the bbd the bigger better deal um You know, you really want that coming behind you and your influence. How can you influence people by taking the shortcut? Is that that really is not influence. It takes time to build that skills, those that knowledge and that true ability to be a leader. And, you know, and there's a lot of great leaders out out there that have attained these levels, done it right really worked hard to get there are phenomenal leaders, but they still have areas they need to work on. Sharpen the saw, what does sharpen the saw mean, Michael? You, I mean, you're very, very familiar with Stephen Covey. As a sure. matter of fact, you, you've worked with him, correct? And, and met him and worked around all these these individuals we talk about that were really kind of the forefront
1: of this leadership drive. Sharpen the saw is is what you do on a daily basis. Your self-disciplines, not not, they're your self-care, but they're also your self-disciplines. Yeah, because without that sense of self-care, taking care of myself so that I can be there to discipline myself in ways that really get the focus going without that. I mean, nothing else matters. You got to manage yourself so that you can motivate yourself so that you can go out there and get it done with your people and your team because they are looking at you. Most, as you know, leaders. And if you're a real leader, if you are a real leader, two things that you'll notice. One, you'll notice that the people that you lead do not do not work as hard as you do. They may not have the ambition. They may not. They just don't have necessarily what it is that you have. If you are a genuine leader, because you're working your tail off. The second thing and see that if you just saw that part of it, you could become very self-centered and it's all about me and narcissistic. You know, even though you're saying I'm not a narcissist, but it's still all about me. Uh, You know, that kind of crap. But but the other thing is, is that you'll see your people with compassion. Yeah. Recognize they just don't have that kind of ambition or drive or motivation or belief in themselves. They just don't have it. And so you as a leader, seeing who they are, you're the one that says, I can see the potential. I can see what they have. I can see. I can I help them to learn this. I can help them to do this. I can help them to develop that. If you want to know how you get real loyalty, real loyalty, that's the kind of hard work that you do every day with your people. That's right. how you earn the loyalty. Working with them, just yep. not being the guy that's got the, you know, the the, the electric pump out front there going to charge a car, and I'm going to be the cool one. That's not, you
0: mean, that. those, you mean those Tesla charging station outside? Yeah, of yeah,
1: yeah. Often run by a diesel engine.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Yes, that's a different topic altogether.
1: Oh, yeah, that's what, But the point is, the yeah. point is, as we get back to it, is it, simply this it's about folks, you know, you want to be a leader, you're going to be working your tail off. You yeah. really, there's no other way around it. And if you get into coaching, we're going to teach you how to work your tail off even harder and even smarter with even bigger payoffs. So let's wrap it up there. We're done here. Take us home, Rich. Okay. Just in closing, I just want to tell everybody it's about the why,
0: why you do something. It's not the how, it's not the what. In reality, it's why you get out of bed in the morning, why you want to be that person and everything else will come in place if you know your why. But once again, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're going to be back. We will be back Monday and we're with a whole brand new topic and ready to go again. And once again, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, if you want to know more about us or what we do, or if you even want to schedule some time with us, executive leaders Go there, book some time with us. Let's talk. You know, you got any questions about this or you want to give us uh, some feedback. That'd be great too. Um, Yeah. We, we love feedback, right? Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, terrible, dirty, awful, wonderful, whatever, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, uh, once again, thank you. Be safe, take care, and we'll see you again next time. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarren or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide will help to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.